Hey everyone, welcome back to the Monclova Baptist Church podcast. We're thankful that you joined us today. Hey, if you would do us a favor at the end of this episode, make sure that you follow us on our social, Instagram and Facebook, and subscribe to our YouTube channel and hit that bell button so that you get notified every time that we post new content. If you also want to stay connected with us beyond Sunday morning, make sure that you download the MRBC app on the Google Play Store or the App Store. Now let's dive in. This morning as I was thinking, or this week as I was thinking about about the message and and how good God is and the lengths that God will go to to get you the gospel, to give you grace, my mind went to Jonah. Went to Jonah. So we're going to look at Jonah this morning. And so this morning, I want you to open your Bibles to where we first see Jonah. And I know you all are turning in your Bibles to the book of Jonah. But that's not where we first see Jonah in the Bible. You see, so many times we look at Jonah and we think of this servant running from God. But I want to show you something. Take your Bibles and turn to 2 Kings chapter number 14. 2 Kings chapter number 14. You see, sometimes in life, we make a call about somebody. We make a call about ourselves based upon a moment and not about the long history of a person's life. You see, we are all prone to make mistakes. We are all prone to wander. And this morning, I want, you to show, I want to show you that Jonah was not a prophet that just ran from God. In 2 Kings chapter number 14, look at verse number 23. It says, In the 15th year of Amaziah, the son of Joash, king of Judah, Jeroboam, the son of Joash, king of Israel, began to reign in Samaria and reigned 40 and one years. And he did that which was evil in the sight of the Lord. And he departed not from all the sins of Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, who made Israel to sin. He restored the coast of Israel from the entering of Hamath under the sea of the plain, according to the word of the Lord God of Israel, which he spake by the hand of his servant Jonah, the son of Amittai, the prophet, which was of Gath-hefer. You see, Jonah did not begin his ministry running from God. Jonah began his ministry faithfully serving the Lord. Now, if you go uh, back into Jewish culture, they used to, if you, if you turn in your Bibles, we're going to look at some scripture today. I just want to show you something I want to build on here. Turn back to Deuteronomy chapter number 6. Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 5 through 9 are what's called the Shema. This is where God commanded the children of Israel that when they go along their way, that they are supposed to build altars, they're supposed to have things that, that the children ask questions about, and as they do, they share with them what God has done through their culture, through their nation. So in verse number five of chapter number six, it says, And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy might. And these words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart, and thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children, and shalt talk of them when thou sittest in thine house, and when thou walkest by the way, and when thou liest down, and when thou risest up. And thou shalt bind them for a sign upon thine hand, and shall be as frontlets between thine eyes, and thou shalt write them upon the posts of thy house and on thy gates." 
And I want you to jump over to verse number 20. And when thy son asked thee in times to come, saying, What mean the testimonies and the statutes and the judgments which the Lord our God hath commanded you? Then thou shalt say unto thy son. And you begin rehearsing the story of what God has done in our lineage, in our nation. They began by saying this from generation to generation, and they will tell these stories. And you all have these stories. You have that aunt or that uncle that you like to tell stories about, the one that was really funny, the one that you never ate their food, the one that, you know, that aunt or that uncle. We all have that in our families, and we all have these stories that we like to tell. In American culture, we have that with Paul Revere and his midnight ride, and we tell these stories. But what happened is that they began to realize after the second temple was destroyed that they had to begin to write these down or they would lose them. And so they began to write down the culture of the Jewish people. And in that book that has the culture, the stories of the Jewish people, it tells us how Jonah began. Now, again, this is not in the Bible. This is in Jewish culture. And so if you go and you see, they say that in Jewish culture that Jonah was actually the little boy that died when Elijah was hiding from Jezebel. Remember, Elijah was hiding and there was a, a widow woman that Elijah went to and said, make me a cake. And that little boy then died and Elijah said, God, why did you bring me here? And he prayed over that little boy. Jewish culture says Elijah is that little boy. Jewish culture says that Elijah taught Jonah. That then Elisha taught Jonah. If you look at 2 Kings, you don't have to go there, but if, if you look at 2 Kings chapter number 13, that is the death of Elisha. Chapter 14 is when we see Elijah faithfully serving God. So the link between these, these prophets is very tight. And if Jewish culture is true, and what they've written down is right, then Elijah comes from a lineage of faithfully serving God. God. But I want you to see a couple of things this morning in the life of Elijah. I'm sorry, in the life of Jonah. So if you turn your Bibles to the book of Jonah, we're going to look at some scripture here and we're going to look at five things that I want you to know this morning. And it has to do with God pursuing you. If you look at Jonah chapter number one, it says, and now the word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, Arise and go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry against it. For their wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah rose up to flee unto Tarsus. I want you to see this morning that God still calls. God still calls. God called Jonah. You see, in verse number one, it says, And now the word of the Lord came unto Jonah. Jonah was a faithful follower of Christ. And the word of the Lord came to Jonah saying, Jonah, I want you to go and do something for me. This morning, God is calling people still to go and do something. God is calling people not just to go and do, but God is calling the unsaved to come to him. You have to believe, my friends, this morning that the word of God is still powerful. It is still sharp and it still divides asunder that which is evil and that which is right. 
The word of God is still strong. And the word of God this morning is still calling out to the law saying, come to me, come to me. And lay your burdens here at the cross. The word of the Lord is still calling to people. Not only is it calling to the unsaved, saying, come and give your life to me, lay your burdens at the cross, but it's calling the saved, saying, I have something that I need you to do. And notice in verse number two, God said, I want you to rise and I want you to go to Nineveh. Nineveh was not some place that you would want to go. Nineveh today would be like if God told you he wants you to go and he wants you to go to Iraq and he wants you to witness to ISIS. Can you understand now why Jonah was a little hesitant to go? I don't know if you would go this morning if God called you to go to ISIS. We might be saying, all right, God, uh, are you sure? Is there any way that I could get you to change that so that I could just go, maybe just send emails to the people about ISIS? Can I do a vlog? Can I set up a website? Do I really have to go there? And Jonah was hesitant because you understand this morning that the people of Nineveh, the people that lived in the city of Nineveh, when they would go and they would raid a nation like Israel, which they had, they would kill people in that village. And then just for fun, as they left, they would chop the heads off of all of the dead people and they would stack them outside the city gates just to let you know how bad these people are. They enjoyed taking the skin off of people and just letting them die. These were not nice people. But do you know that God's call is not always easy for you to do? It may not be that God calls you to go to ISIS. God's going to call you to go to your neighbor who you think might be a part of ISIS. <laughs> the way that they act. God's going to call you to go to your neighbor. God's going to call you to go to that person that you work with. And God's going to tell you and impress upon your heart that you are supposed to go and witness and share the gospel and be a representative for Christ to that person. And you know what we're going to do? Let's look at verse number three, because this is exactly what we do. But Joseph rose up to flee unto Tarsus from the presence of of the Lord. If you look and you research and you try to figure out where Tarsus is, you can't really determine exactly where Tarsus is. Some people said it was 500 miles from where Jonah was. Some people said it was 2,500 miles from where Jonah was. They don't know exactly where Tarsus is. And I believe that God did not say where Tarsus is because then we can definitely look at a map and go, well, I'm not going there. I'm just running a little bit away from the Lord. And I believe that Tarsus is wherever you go when God calls you and you don't want to do it. I want you to go witness. You know what, God? 
I know you want me to go witness to that person, but you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go over here, and I'm sure that there's somebody here that I can witness to. There's somebody that I can go to over here, but the problem is that God is saying, I want you to carry out my purpose here. I want you to go where I want you to go, and we in our rebellious hearts are constantly saying, God, I want to do what I want to do. But my friend, God still calls. And God still chases. Look at verse number three. First two words, but Jonah. Look at verse number four. Two words, first three words, but the Lord. You ever do a but, but God? You ever have a kid that's a good lawyer? It seems like if you have multiple children, there's always one that wants to negotiate. But mom, and if mom doesn't say yes, let's go to dad when he's reading the newspaper or the website or working on the car when he's not paying attention. Hey, dad, can I go? Uh, what? Can I? Was that yes? I don't, I don't even know what you said. Okay, thanks, dad. But Jonah, but God. Jonah had plans. Jonah had ideas. But God had a bigger plan and a bigger resource than what Jonah had. In verse number four, but the Lord sent out a great wind into the sea. And there was a mighty tempest in the sea that the ship was like to be broken. The way that I picture this verse is that the ship was so distraught. The, the ship was so distraught in what it, was, what it was going through that the ship itself was having a thought of, I think I would like to break apart. This storm is so bad that I think I'm just going to break apart. Jonah, though the ship was distraught, Jonah was not if you look at verse uh, number five, then the mariners were afraid and cried every man unto his God. It's interesting that these unsaved mariners, when problems and difficulties came, they knew where to turn. They were not looking at the right God, but they knew that there was something going on that was bigger than themselves and they needed some help that was outside themselves. And yet we as Christians, what do we do when problems and difficulties come our way? As a last resort, we turn to God. I've done everything that I can. I've researched everything. I've tried everybody. I've called everybody. I've asked everybody that I could help. And now, as a last resort, let's go to God. And that ought to be our first step. In verse number five, they cast forth the wares that were in the ship into the sea to lighten it. I think it's funny that they go to their God and the best answer that their God had was throw your stuff overboard. Like there was no help there. And that is how it is when we turn to things that are not the answer, when we turn to things that are, is not God, that the answer that comes is always something that is in futility. It never gets us where we're supposed to go. It never helps us to get back on the path. It never solves the problem. We just begin doing stuff. And it never helps. 
But Jonah was gone down into the sides of the ship, and he lay and was fast asleep. So, so the shipmaster came to him and said unto him, What meanest thou, O sleeper? Arise, call upon thy God, if so be that God will think upon us that we perish not. And they said, Every one to his fellow, Come, and let us cast lots, that we may know whose cause this evil is upon us. So they cast lots, and the lots fell upon Jonah. And I don't know how they did this, I don't know what happened. I don't know. I don't know what the what the source that they actually did that these lots were, but something that they did was like if they had a set of dice and they were going to give each person a number and whenever they rolled that dice that the number was that person's fault and that number when they did that thing that number came up on Jonah and they looked at Jonah and they said, "It's you." Look at verse 7. I'm sorry, verse 8. And they said unto him, Tell us, we pray thee, for whose cause this evil is upon us? And what is thine occupation? And whence cometh thou? And what is thy country? And of what people art thou? When God chases us, there comes a point when we have to acknowledge who we truly are. You see, Jonah was going through this situation and he was running from the presence of God. He was rejecting who God had called him to be. He was turning from everything that he knew that God had for him. And the people around him began to say, Jonah, you have to identify who you really are and for what purpose you were made. And notice what Jonah says in verse number nine. And he said unto them, I am a Hebrew, and I fear the Lord, the God of heaven, which made the sea and the dry land. So Jonah, what you're telling me is that you fear God, he made the sea, and you decided to get in a boat? Jonah, how does that make any sense? But Jonah somehow was able to rationalize in his head that if I just turn the other way, maybe there's something good that I can do in Tarshish. Maybe there's someone that I can reach there. And God said, Jonah, you have to acknowledge who you are. When we begin running from God, God will put people in our path that will identify in us and cause us to identify in ourselves who we truly are. You ever have somebody when you go to Starbucks? Hey, the Lord just impressed upon me to say he's not done with you yet. You know, I know we've never met, but can I just encourage you? Don't stop. I know we've never met, but I just feel impressed to invite you to come to church. When we try running from God, God's going to put people in our path that are going to point us back the direction that he wants for us to go. And in verse number 17 of chapter number one, it says, And the Lord had prepared a great fish to swallow up Jonah. Sometimes we think that Jonah was being courageous going, hey, just throw me overboard. I think it was Jonah's attempt to continue to run from God. And God said, Jonah, I know you are keeping trying to get away from me, but I am bigger than you are. I have prepared a fish just for you. 
And that fish came along and that fish swallowed up Jonah. And sometimes God uses fish in your life to get you pointed back in the direction that he wants for you to go. This morning, you may be sitting here and you may be wondering, why did God bring you here this morning? You may have been thinking all week long, God, I'm just tired of all of it. And I just want to run from you. God may be using this this morning to say, hey, wake up. I have a purpose and a plan for your life and a goal and a direction for your life. And I want you to carry out that purpose. I'm calling you. Would you respond? We see not only that God still calls and God still chases, but God still converts. In chapter 2, verse number 1, it says, Then Jonah prayed unto the Lord his God out of the fish's belly. And he said, I cried by reason of mine affliction unto the Lord, and he heard me. Your heart can never be so far away from God that he will not hear you when you call. Praise the Lord that when we were saved, we were, when we were saved, we were, before we were saved, we were sinners. We were running from God. We had rejected him and his goodness and his grace. But yet in our sin, God called to us and we heard his voice and we responded and said, Father, forgive me. I am a sinner. I did not pull that. It's because we have little sinners running around in the kids' wing that we have that. We will see what is happening, and if there's anything important, we'll let you know very quickly. But God still converts our hearts, and we see in verse number 10 of chapter number 2, And the Lord spake unto the fish, and it vomited out Jonah upon dry land. And verse number three, chapter three, verse number one, and the word of the Lord came unto Jonah the second time. God gave Jonah a second chance. My friend, this morning, if you are running from God, God wants to give you a second chance. If you are searching for what God wants you to do this morning, God will give you a second chance. If you are running from God, thinking that God is going to give me a second chance and I can just keep running as far and as fast as I want to. Let me tell you this morning, God does not always give second chances. I can tell you story of person after person who ran from God. They ran to Tarsus and God just said, just keep on running. Just keep running. You think you're going the right direction. Just keep running. But God in his grace and in his goodness does sometimes allow people to have a second chance. If you are grateful and thankful for God's second chances in your life, would you raise your hand this morning? Hallelujah. Praise the Lord for God's second chances. Because we all are like Jonah running from God, but God in his goodness and in his grace gave a second chance. He still converts hearts. And notice in chapter three and verse number four, what Jonah did. And you see this reluctant servant of God. 
going to a people he still did not like. But God's will, not only did Jonah understand, but it became good for Jonah to do. And in chapter number three, verse number four, and it says, And Jonah began to enter the city a day's journey. He walked for one day into the city, took him one day's walk to get to where he was at. And he cried and said, this is the greatest revival message of all times for a couple of reasons. Number one, it's only eight words. Could you imagine coming in next Sunday morning and pastor gets up and says eight words and then prays and goes home? We would wonder what is wrong with him. Jonah walks into the city of Nineveh. He says, God, fine, I'll do what you want me to do. If you want me to go, I'll go. You want me to preach, I'll preach. But I'm not going to preach very long. And Jonah walked in and he said these eight words. Yet 40 days and Nineveh shall be overthrown. And you know what happened? The city heard it. The city repented. They quit their evil and they stopped doing evil and they started serving God. You know, it doesn't take special words to convert a heart. God had been working in the hearts of the people in Nineveh and he needed a missionary to go to them. God began working in the hearts of the people in Chile and he needed a missionary to go to them. And he began working in the Bravo's hearts and he said, will you follow me? And they said, yes. And we see the fruit of their following the savior. Jonah went in and preached. The people turned from their sin. But I want you to notice that many times as we read the book of Jonah, we think that this is the victory that God wanted. And let me tell you this morning, the victory that comes easy in your life is not your enemy. The thing that you think is your enemy, but you can stop really fast. That is not the enemy. Jonah's enemy in the book of Jonah is not Nineveh. Jonah's enemy in the book of Jonah is Jonah. His problem was not the people in Nineveh. The problem was within himself. In verse number five, we see, and so the people of Nineveh believed God and proclaimed a fast and put on sackcloth from the greatest of them, even to the least. They, God converted these people and God began calling Jonah so that these people would be converted. And my question this morning is, who is God calling you to go to? If you say there is no one in my life that God is leading me to, to share the gospel with, then you aren't listening to God. Because God would not have us as ambassadors upon this earth and not send us to anybody. Our purpose for being here is to go and make disciples. The last thing I want you to see is God still calls, God still chases, God still converts, and God still cares. God still cares. In chapter 4, verse number 1, it says, But it displeased Jonah exceedingly, and he was angry. Can you believe that Jonah saw this great city have a revival, and Jonah was mad about it? 
Have you ever had a success in your life that you were like, man, God, why'd you let me be so successful? I hate this. But that's what Jonah did. Jonah saw a great revival, and yet he was mad about it. Verse number two, and he prayed unto the Lord and said, I pray thee, O Lord, was not this my saying when I was yet in my country? Jonah knew God's goodness. Therefore, in verse number two, I fled before unto Tarsus. God, the reason I went to Tarsus is because I knew you. I knew how you were going to act. And I did not want to see those people get saved. I did not want to see those people converted. And so many times that's us. God, you know that if I go and tell that person about you, I know how you are. You're probably going to let them get saved. And I really don't want them to get saved. They have been too mean to me. They have been wrong to me. They have been against me. But God, I know who you, how you are. For I knew that thou art a gracious God and merciful, slow to anger and of great kindness and repentest thee of evil. God, I knew that's how you were going to be. And look it, you've proven it. All those people saved. But just in case, God, I'm going to sit here. I'm going to watch that city just in case they don't all turn and then you crush them. Jonah could not understand that God still cares about people. Jonah was okay getting that grace of God when he was in the belly of the fish. But he was not okay with those people getting the grace of God. He was okay getting it, but he didn't want them to have it. God still cares. Look at chapter 4, verse number 10. God ends this book with a question. I'm sorry, go to verse number 9. And God said unto Jonah, Dost thou well to be angry for the gourd? And he said, I do well to be angry even unto death. I'm so mad. Verse 10, Then said the Lord, Thou hast pity on the gourd for which thou hast not labored, neither madest it grow, which it came up in a night and perished in a night. And should not I spare Nineveh, that great city wherein are more than six score thousand persons that cannot discern between their right hand and their left. Jonah is asked by God, should I not have mercy on these people? I created them. That person at work that irritates the fire out of you. That person that you go to the store and you skip their line because that cash register person, just that bagger person, just irritates you. That person that you avoid, that you don't go to that store, that person, we are okay receiving God's grace, but God made that person as well. And God is asking us to go and be missionaries to those people. Take the grace of God to those people. This morning, I want to ask you, are you Jonah? Are you Jonah? On the 4th of October, the Jewish holiday, the Day of Atonement, is celebrated. Starting in the evening. 
the people gather together and they, for 24 hours, they celebrate. And one of the things that they do is they read the book of Jonah together. The reason that they read the book of Jonah is because in that they say that I am Jonah. This morning, are you running from God? God is calling you and he's saying, come, follow me. This morning, if you're sitting here and you're unsaved, this morning God is calling you and he's saying, come, follow me. Life does not have to be difficult. Life does not have to be a a worry for you. Where you're going to spend eternity does not have to be a problem. I have the answers. Come and yield your life to me. If you are a follower of Christ this morning, are you running from what God has for you to do? You just finished listening to a message from the preaching ministry at Monclova Road Baptist Church. If it was a help to you, make sure that you let somebody know about it. If you need help beyond this message, make sure that you follow us on Instagram or Facebook or check out our website, monclovabaptist.org, and we would love to connect with you there and help you with anything that you might need. Have a great week, and we'll see you next time on the Monclova Baptist Church Podcast.